Talk Radio with the best host in the biz. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I am pleased and happy to be here with you. And there are a number of things that I'd like to discuss, at least two things I'd like to discuss with you. And I would like you, uh, like, as always, for us to be very honest about what we're thinking when it comes to our discussion. You know, we got so many things that are on the table today, but I, I want to uh, narrow it down to at least two things. And if there's any other things that anybody wants to talk to, uh, I'll be open to discussing them as well. You know, as this um, shooting in South Florida plays out, and we've become uh, more knowledgeable about what took place, it is important for us to realize uh, when we're, that there's always someone people are trying to use as a scapegoat. And there's always somebody 
that did not live up to our expectations. But we really have to be honest about what our expectations are when it comes to when it comes to individuals who are supposed to keep our children safe. And what role do they play in a school environment? And so I want us to have an honest discussion about what people thought this resource officer was supposed to do as a result of his job occupation. And I am hopeful that Reverend Smith is on and Nate is here so we can really talk about what goes into a man's thought process when his life is supposed to be on the line. I'm one of those people who are very careful about trying to tell anybody what I will and will not do when it comes to putting my life on the line. Because I'm a believer that until you are put in a life-threatening situation, you have no real idea of what it is that you will do in order to save your life or save the life of another. So we got a couple of things we want to talk about today. I want to talk about uh, our president and his his present situation. And I want to talk about um, this this resource officer who everybody is pointing fingers at about not doing what he was paid to do. And so uh, we'll start off with the resource officer. Uh, how are you doing this evening, Nate? Are you out there? Today, Nate? Yeah, I'm sorry. I had, had my phone muted because I was walking. It's real windy. How y'all doing this, mo- this, this okay. evening? All right. Nate, I, I want to pose a question to you because you've been in the service, and I'm hoping Reverend Smith will be here soon. But, you know, officer has been somewhat nearly forced to retire because he didn't act or behave in the way that his chief chief thought he should and others questioned whether or not he was uh, acting in a, a cowardly behavior. I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm really not the kind of person who wants to be throwing that word around like that. Because I've never been in a position where I had to risk my life before. So I don't know what comes into play when you're asking somebody to rush into a shootout with someone who has a much more higher-powered gun or weapon than they presently have. But the issue becomes that they said that this man took a tactical um uh, position, but never entered the building. And uh, I'd just like to ask you, when you're by yourself or you one-on-one in that kind of situation and you know oh. you're outgunned, I'm still here. Can you hear me, uh, Nate? Yes, sir. Okay. And you're outgunned. There's a lot goes into your thinking, doesn't it? 
Um, yes, sir. It, it, it definitely do. Um, I don't want to sit back and um, call this guy a coward. I would say he didn't do his job because I don't know what his history is. So I'm I'm gonna refrain from that aspect though. But I know he didn't do his job. Um, at the same time, you know, been in the military. The one thing I we we've always been taught: you fight the way you train. You know, and the military has a little bit more experience on that because we train on certain scenarios a lot more than some of the police officers uh, get to train on, on, on that particular thing. But at the same time, when you train over and over and over and over, it becomes muscle memory. And it becomes muscle memory because if you sit, take time to think about it, you can't talk yourself out of it. And that's why we train the way we do. I went on plenty of missions that it was muscle memory. And if I took time to think about it, you know, it's, it's easily that I could have talked myself out of it. So the thing about it is, is that we have to keep training, 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 training to it become an issue. But at the same time, when I first when I first went back in my first deployment when the war started back in '03, that was one of my biggest fears. What would I do? Would I run from the uh, uh, the um, battle or run towards the battle? Because I didn't want to let nobody down. And thank God enough that you know I, I was able to run towards the battle. But at the same time, too, you have to remember the oath that you've taken. You know, I did swear to protect this uh, country against foreign and domestic. So that's telling. So I'm taking the oath to risk my life. And that um, and that, that debit or resource officer, whoever he or she may be, an oath to risk their lives to protect those kids. So it was that person's job to run towards the danger, you know, like I said, I'm not calling him a coward or anything because I'm in a pretty kind mood tonight. But when I heard about it, I'm going to be very honest, which I was disappointed in it because, again, when I send my kid to school, I want to make sure that they're safe. If, 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 if I can stand up for Iraqi kids and Afghanistan kids, why our own police officer can't stand up for our kids and run towards the battle? And the thing about it is, is that you have to it's, – it's about your mindset. My job, like, like when we get promoted, um, when I, I had made staff sergeant, the question is, are you an E6? Because that's your pay grade, or you're a staff sergeant. I am a staff sergeant. I am a true soldier. The question is, is that guy, is he a police officer, or is he a cop? You know, and now then you got the president on the on calling him, basically calling him a coward. And that's, you know, that's not good when you got the president of the United States calling somebody a coward. And everything like that, considering he ain't never laced no boots on, he ain't never put no weapon in his hand, he ain't never took no rounds for this country. But at the same time, because his position, when the president called you a coward, it is a bad thing. But I'm gonna sum it up by saying this: that'd have been me. I'd have ran towards the battle. That's my job. That's what I trained for. That's who I am. Thank you. You know, I uh, I question whether or not. Uh, Donald Trump should have used those terms when he did everything he could to avoid going uh, into the service. But the other thing is, I have to be honest with you all, I have, I spent 30 years in the school system, and I met a number of resource officers, and a lot of those resources officers took those jobs for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of the things is, is when you try to become an officer or you want to move up the ranks, you have to have a lot of different experiences. So sometimes police officers get off the road 
and go into different areas so that they can get different experience and those experiences will count for them when they try to go move up the ranks. Also, some officers take those positions because they don't like being on the street. They do not like working with criminals day in and day out. And so they take those resource positions because they know that the majority of the time all they will be doing is dealing with undisciplined students and trying to find out what is going on with the student body related to crime. So they reduce their their interaction with violent situations. So you have to recognize that this man was getting close to retirement. Actually, he had already had his time in for retirement. He had already had a mindset, more than likely, about how he was just going to do his last few days and uh, years and get out of there. And so you have to recognize all that plays into being human. Uh, and we don't know what was going through his mind or what he thought uh, he needed to do. And, again, like you say, Nate, what kind of training did he have? He had a 9 millimeter at most, and he was running up into a situation where a person had a, a automatic rifle. And so you know he had concerns about his own existence. So we have to be honest about who these officers are and what it is they bring to the table in terms of doing their job. And so that is what is, is you know, has to be understood. Uh, Dee, what is your thoughts about the president now calling him this man a coward, him being forced to resign, and a lot of people at, uh, saying he didn't do his job? Well, good afternoon, everybody. And uh, the president is a total fool. Uh, he always stepping on Stepping in his own duty, um, he's gonna come back and bite him in the ass again. Uh, but look, uh, from an armchair quarterback position on this issue, um, you're right. The man uh, at most had a nine millimeter. Um, going up against an assault weapon. Now let me let me address that verse. Uh, if these people have the, the galls to fire this man because he acted in a cowardly way, going up against an assault weapon, then take out the damn egg of assault weapons off the table. That That's the whole issue right there. You can't expect this man to run into a, a situation with a nine against an assault weapon, and then he don't even know who else is it, how many perpetrators there are. So, I mean... And then the third issue is they're trying to sell the fact that they want these teachers to be armed and, and ready for such a situation. As they can attest to, when bullets go to flying, the likelihood is that those people that, that aren't trained to kill are going to clam up. Or they're going to they're end up in a crossfire situation and shoot each other and the kids. So that's the asinine uh, uh, proposed in the first place. All of this is never well thought out, and um, you know, um, you know, the, the, the gentleman, um, the, the the resource officer, uh, if he was a trained police officer, and again, they, they're talking about the teacher will have the teacher will have more training, emphasis on more training than than current police officers do. Well, that says a lot then about the, the police, the actual police training. Because um, 
you know, we've had our share of them uh, shooting people unarmed, running away, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, they 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 um, they have a lot to confess me that they even know what they're talking about, and they're just, just throwing smoke in the air, grasping for straws, and I'm kind of sick of all of it, actually. Thank you, thank you, uh, James. Appreciate it. It is, it is incredible to me uh, that people don't, you know, we are supposed to have intelligent people in our leadership capacity. And when people like Donald Trump just flies off the mouth and talks about his commitment to getting more guns in our schools, it lets you know how unintelligent these people are. And even the people uh, in the Republican Party, they said something like 64% think it's a good idea. And it's amazing to me that people can imagine that it is a good idea to have teachers uh, carry weapons. They don't recognize that teachers are human too. Teachers are come with all kind of different issues in their heads and in their minds, and you're trying to add even more responsibility onto their plate. Even if they elect to be one of the teachers that you you use, these people cannot be counted on because there is not enough training to give them while they're trying to be teachers at the same time. Even if they did it through the summer for three months, Three months is not enough time to train somebody to be prepared to do all the decision-making that is necessary to handle the situation that took place at that school. And then you're not going to give them the same kind of weapon that that man had. So, Cheryl, we, we you know, it's just unbelievable that these people will come up with these kind of ideas to, to add more weight or more uh, responsibility on a teacher's plate other than him trying to educate his students. Good afternoon, and how's everyone doing? You know, you're so right. Um, man, you know, for me to think of a teacher with a weapon doing a class I mean, first of all, not only train, you know, you have to find the mental state of the teacher. Any one of these students can trigger the the teacher to shoot. And you're talking about extensive training. I, I don't know if I would be as comfortable with with that taking place. Um, and I understand, you know, I feel like that's what they have security there for. I feel like that's what they, you know, the school is supposed to be secured where this doesn't happen. I believe in a school that was as big as that school was, that they should have had more than one security officer. Um, I just, I'm not comfortable with that. Now, I mean, more conversations can make me see something different. But, um, you know, the way the students act and the reactions that a teacher may get from a student's actions can trigger something, something that can become uncontrollable because we've seen videos 
where the student and the teacher is starting a fight. So if the teacher have a gun, who's to tell that the teacher won't pull out the gun? And the student is unarmed. And then the students will start carrying weapons because they know that the teacher is, and this teacher is not going to go off on me. So we rec- we add a whole amount of other problems. You know, I mean, I don't have the answer, but I do know, you know, that I would be uncomfortable with it. Now, as I hear, you know, what everybody else is talking about, maybe they can help me to see something that I don't see. And and you're right, um, Cheryl. The fact is, is that there are whole lot of different dynamics uh, to the different schools and the kind of employees that are at those schools. And so you have a situation that the majority of the staff is women. There are very few men teachers on the elementary school level. So when he was talking about, well, we want people with military backgrounds, you're not going to find a lot of military uh, teachers, uh, a lot of military males with that kind of background on the elementary school. And maybe there are women who teach elementary school uh, when they get out of the service. But the majority of people who uh, have those kind of experiences are in the high schools. Uh, And so, therefore, there's not that same thing on the middle school level as well. And so it is just asinine to me that there's a segment of our population that wants to believe that there are some viable people on at, at, at each, each and every school that is ready and prepared to take on that kind of responsibility. Uh, Nate, you know that a weapon has to be cleaned and maintained. Uh, your skill level has to be maintained. So now we're asking the the, the uh, teacher not only to uh, learn about weapons and how to put them, take them apart and clean them and put them back together, we're talking about them finding time to go practice. And you and I know that there, there are plenty of uh, police officers who shot themselves or uh, shot uh, the 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 um, the weapon went off uh, accidentally, and you want someone who is a part-time Barney Fife to be carrying around a weapon. And you know that 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 is so true. Statement back what the young lady had just said about um, the mental state. You know, if they take men, uh, mental evaluations of potential police officers. And you have to consider that in when it comes to these people being uh, these teachers, and for the, they have to do, uh, have a, um, a mental evaluation at the same time, making sure that they're even stable enough to even have a weapon, or they should even have a weapon. And that that process alone is going to take a long time. Second of all, um, um, uh, I, w- I was thinking about this the other day, and the young lady just mentioned it again uh, again about um, ECPs, what we call those are entry control points. After a certain uh, after a certain uh, Part of the day, schools need to be locked down. It should be only one way in, one way out. So that's when, when we took over a building or an area. Um, when I was in Afghanistan and Iraq, we only had one way in, one way out. That way we can control the traffic that was coming in, and we can uh, cut down minimum, minimum casualties. And back to what you were getting saying for the actual training aspect of it, you got to take these people through a training class to introduce them to the weapon, how to do 
uh, how to field strip that weapon, and on top of that, how to properly not just use the weapon, but carry the weapon. Or you're going to carry the weapon in the desk, you're going to carry the weapon on a person. How how how, how you going to do it? And if we spend 365 days in the military training, because I did um, QCB, close quarter combat, when I'm when I'm in a, I'm in a house firing, we have to go through scenarios firing. Like you said, where is the individual, the potential teacher, or administrators going to have the time to go in a safe house and fire 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 in a safe house? When are you going to have that time to have that potential training? Because number one, your first priorities is being a, uh, an employee of the school system. So when you going to actually have the time to do that? And second of all, another thing is, are you going to pay that individual? Because most people ain't going to want to do this for free. And on top of that, what kind of weapon of choice that you're going to allow them to use? And another thing we have to keep in mind, the reason why I mentioned the net too, it ain't just about them being out, out, out gunned. Most time when you have shootings like that, they come in and, uh, with their flat jackets on with their, with, with their vest on. So nine times out of ten, the weapon that you use is going to be ineffective against that individual because he had on, he had, he had on, his, uh, on his vest. So there's a lot of things that they have to take the time to figure out what it's going to do and how, to, how it's going to be effective. But at the end of the day, putting more guns in school is not the answer because guns in school is why we have the issue that we have today. I don't want to go to a school and I got a teacher or somebody who I know that's not well trained. And the first time of trouble, like you say, they could get so scared and get nervous, they could shoot themselves. It ha- it's, it's, it's happening in the military. I've seen it, you know, for, for, for my lack of training, for my lack of professionalism. You, if you're going to bring people with weapons in the school, they have to be professional. They have to be their job, not a part-time job. But even, even in that, you know, I say bring more than one resource officer in the school. One is not enough. You know, if you're going to bring have a resource officer, have at least two. That way they can communicate. That way you won't have the incident that you have. Uh, a police officer taking up a defensive position because he felt like he was by himself or he was close to retirement. That way you can communicate with the other officer. That way you can cord on off the area. At least you can move in as, as, as a two-man team instead of as a one-man army. That makes a lot of difference when you know you, somebody got your back and things like that. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, it's it just asking I to think that a person who goes through college and all of a sudden they graduate from college they get a job, and they've been there a number of years, and then you're going to ask them to do something that is so far removed from their mental psyche. And so, uh, George, when we listen to all these Republicans jumping on the president's bandwagon about putting guns in the hands of teachers, that really, it, it almost makes you wonder what in the world are they thinking about uh, to try to ask somebody to take on this kind of additional responsibility in their school. Good afternoon, everybody. I think what happened was that Donald Trump uh, called, and he did state that he spoke with NRA, and they told him to run that stupid, that stupid, stupid idea. It's ridiculous. I think what they should do is borrow some of the ideas that are happening in other schools. It's gonna if you're gonna invest that kind of money by giving them bonus and giving them training, you can uh, make the school safe. They have where they have the cameras, where those doors locked. They do not open unless you see who's coming. Each teacher has a uh, panic button that they do. Plus, they have the 
the ability to lock down all those doors. It costs, I forgot what what the amount that they say that it costs, but to me, that's the best type of investment to have instead of having teachers who really do not want to have that type of responsibility. Secondly, I would be afraid to have one of the male teachers to have a gun if I had a, a son, a, a minority son at that, because he can get in some type of confrontation. You know, they trigger off too. They happy because look who's doing all the trigger happy shooting. You know what I mean? You get a confrontation, and next thing you know, they'll be able to blew your son away. Thirdly, they panic. Like this one guy, he's I know what he thought. Why would I go in there with a hand pistol when this guy got an AR-15? I, I, you know, so he, he decided to, it's wrong, but, I, I, you know, you don't know what's wrong now. You don't know what's right nowadays. But I think that's the most stupid idea for anyone to do that. I would like to also say that I think our president has no respect to talk about my senator the way that he did, and he's battling cancer the way that he is. Uh, this guy, he's off the chain. His mouth is, is, is just ridiculous, and he has no respect for no one. So hopefully we do not have to put up him, with him for the next three years. Thank you. Uh, let me ask you, George, because I, uh, I heard that there was something going on and something was said. Do you know exactly what he said to about uh, your senator? Yes, I do. He He went on to say that. Uh, that uh, they could have passed that the, they could have a a health bill, which would be uh, to help mental health, if it wasn't for this one senator who came in the mid of midnight and did thumbs down, thumbs down. This one guy, and but he didn't say it as nicely as I'm saying it. He really talked about him. Plus, then they was talking. He was talking about Hillary again, and they saying they can't in locking her up. You know, they still canon this. And look who needs to be locked up. It's, unri- it's ridiculous. But uh, uh, Megan McCain said that her mom and her are going to go on television on the V on Wednesday, and they're going to address this. But it's been on MSNBC today. It's been on CNN uh, uh, News today about how he's talking about uh, Senator John McCain, and they think it's a disgrace. Uh, to be honest with you, he shouldn't have never been brought into the to the to the equation whatsoever. This guy don't forget anything he hates. Whoever do something against him, he's going to call you out. He don't care what condition you are in. He's just going to try to scrutinize uh, uh, you and just really really bring you to your knees. He don't forget anything. He, he just like a kid. He pays back. He want to pay you back, and he want to hurt you when he does that. That's the worst thing that you could do about that. Everybody's talking about it. But do you think he has any remorse? No way. Not at all. You know, it is amazing to me, and I wanted to go on to that. Um, I don't know how many of you all remember Jim Baker and the uh, craziness he got involved with uh, one of his uh, secretaries. And um, one of the evangelist came out and just really talked real bad. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Talked real bad about Jim Baker and wanted to destroy Jim Baker and take over his ministry. And lo and behold, when he was trying to take over Jim Baker's ministry, it came down that he would invite prostitutes to his hotels and he would just take pictures of them. 
And so, you know, when you so point your fingers at people and talk about locking Hillary up, I don't know how he sleeps at night when everybody around him is falling. This man is getting all these different people uh, to um, to say that they're guilty. It is not going to be long before these people turn on Donald Trump and he be the one uh, possibly getting locked up. The only thing he got in his favor right now is Pence hoping that Pence will uh, give him amnesty because right now he is looking, he cannot be sleeping well when every time you turn around, uh, more and more people are getting indicted and more and more people are pleading guilty to get these deals. So it is it is not a good situation for him to be throwing dirt at Hillary and talking about people being cowards when he would refuse to go to the service. Uh, D, so, you know, it, it is, you know, it is long since been said, you know, when you live in a glass house, you don't throw stones. You're right, James. And uh, uh, that, that pastor that you're speaking of, I do believe, I think it was Jimmy Sweat. Uh, he was the, he was the next to fall after the Jim Baker uh, fiasco, Jimmy Swagger. But, um, yeah, that so, is his name. Uh, Give me swagger. Okay. Look, um, you know, Donald Trump for me is not the real problem. Donald Trump is just salt that's been used to pull in the wounds of 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 America and the problems that we already have. I mean, he's a he's a fool and all, and sure enough. But the problem is that the people that that believe in him. That's my problem. The Christian, the supposed Christian folk that believe in him, and, and and there's nothing Christian about him. That's that's my real problem. The problem, the people that the 33 percent and the silent ones that throw the rock and hide the heat. Those are my problems. And uh, so, but yeah, it it'll be it'll be nice when it all comes down and uh, that it falls on its own sword. And uh, and so it's just something just waiting for. But you know what? I have trouble understanding, and I know I think I've heard you say this, D, that he really didn't want to win anyway. But why would you run for uh, for an office? Uh, why would you be part of a presidential uh, election if you're doing things that are legal? These guys brought attention to themselves. They could have continued doing what it was they were doing, but they somehow believed that they were so much smarter than everybody else. And so now they find themselves in this situation where they're going to have to snitch. And the reason they're going to have to is because they're so old right now that when you give them 10 or 15 or 20 years, that's a life sentence. So it is uh, inconceivable that this is not going to run up right into Donald Trump because these men, these prosecutors, are too smart, and they know exactly who they're going after. And so, Nate, it is just amazing to me that we find ourselves in a situation where it almost is like we're watching a drama um, 
unfold, and we know that the end in the episode is the fall of Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, it's just like watching a, a TV show, and you you and you like it to be continued. You can't wait till next season come up um, to see what happened. Just like um, I remember when I was in school, it was um TV show called Dallas come on, and Jr. got shot, and we had to wait the next season to find out who got shot, who shot Jr. Even the teacher was talking about it, and at the end of the day, it's quite simple. The man knows he don't put himself in a bad position. And everything, and um, he got a lot of nerve calling people this and calling his, especially calling people a coward. Because, like I said, I didn't see no pictures of him lacing up no boots, defending no country. And the nerve of you calling somebody a coward is a shame in itself. Do you want to call somebody a crooked, call Hillary crooked, Hillary, and all this kind of stuff? You a business man. You don't do business all over this world. All your business is not clean. So for you to do that and have the seat uh, of the presidency, have the seal of the presidency. And make it dirty as it is. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you for only thinking about yourself and how you want to be right about everything. And I think, I think, at the end of the day, he just, he just, he just, he just don't care. I just think at the end of the day, he just don't care. He don't think he's gonna get in trouble for anything, and he just think his money, his position, can just woo away everything. But I got news for him: it's not because you keep stepping on people. People gonna step back. If he make it through these next three years, I'd be so surprised. Thank you. Christina, uh, uh, I want to go back a little bit. You didn't get a chance to talk when we were talking about this resource officer. And, you know, I have talked for over 30 years, and I've interacted with a lot of different resource officers, and I'm sure you know of some yourself. Uh, but those resource officers that I've interacted with, uh, would have been outgunned and a little over their head if somebody had walked on to our campus with an AK-47. And so, you know, we, you know, I try to ask people to be a little mindful and be honest with themselves about their expectations and the role of these resource officers. What What are your thoughts about the resource officers and the role that they play on these different campuses? Good evening. Um, the resource officers, I would not have expected ours. I would have expected ours to do exactly as that one did. Um, and my thinking, and I may be totally wrong, but my thinking is that since they are not out in the in the field every day, then their their level of, of, of guts is not the same. Um, so for them to run into a, a burning building, it's not something that they do every day, so they're going to be hesitant. This one, not only did he hesitate, he just didn't go. Looking at him, I'm not sure if he had the physical wherewithal to 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 withstand all of that stress and running upstairs and everything that would have had to that went into um, going in there to get this person out. But um, 
I don't think ours would. You may have some resource officers who came in off of the streets and have it in their mindset and know how to, to do that, but and then one, one officer against all of this, did he know that it was only one shooter? Could it have been more? It was just so uncertain. And and that's the honesty that I think we need to bring to the table when we talk about this officer. There were a lot of unknowns, uh, and but he, and again, just like you say, officers become resource officers for a lot of different reasons. Uh, some resource officers want to get away from the street because that's not um, where their uh, their abilities lie. Uh, some resource officers are moving around. They have different experiences so they can move up the ladder. They're looking at promotions. Uh, and some resource officers are looking just to live out their last years before retirement. And so you really have to ask yourself before you question their their character or their their um their loyalty to the job or their commitment to to take a bullet you know i you know you you're asking a whole lot, especially when they're outgunned and they don't have any help uh so i I really um uh, am holding judgment until I hear everything about why they want to call this man a coward. Uh, Cheryl, it just seems like to me we need to really, you know, ask ourselves, human nature is to preserve your own life in a lot of different situations. That's why we, when we see something heroic, we make such a big deal about it because a lot of people are not able to do this. I'm sorry, you were talking Are to you me. Yes. What was the question? I'm so sorry. I was just reiterating you, how uh, people are jumping on the bandwagon on this free one resource officer and calling him a coward. And, and when he, we don't know, you know, why this man even took this job and whether or not he just like uh, um, Regina just said, he didn't even look like he was physically capable of taking on that responsibility. You you know what? You're right because um, with with everybody needs to find figure the bottom the bottom line to every you know get all of the details, and that's one thing about reporting. Reporting, they report over and over and over again the same thing so that we can get it embedded in our head. Not that we have factual information for everything, but that way we are starting to believe what is being reported. So we don't really know, just like you said, anything beyond what we hear that's reported. So with that, you know, a lot of times I don't, Take just the first thing that's reported. A lot of times I usually wait because once things are further investigated, then the truth winds up coming out. 
But the truth is so subtle, and we don't hear about it. That's why, you know, um, again, like I said, reporting is just repetitional, something for us to be able to um, to believe over what could be actually fact. We don't know what, you know, why he took the job. We don't know what his circumstances. We don't even know why he reacts. He might have not even been trained enough to be there at the school doing what he was doing. Yeah, I, I, I'm very reluctant to talk about uh, someone's character to that extent to call them a coward uh, based on those kind of situations. So we really need to ask ourselves how much we want these, what it is that we want these men to do and what they're capable of doing when in, a, in these situations. Um, I have a new number up here I'm not familiar with, uh, 2556, 2556. Give us your name and where you're calling from. My name is Dan, and I'm calling from your left nut and niggers. I guess it is uh, we have to always recognize we're going to have some unintelligent people who want to uh, to get something stupid said. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back and continue our conversation. So. What do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready, baby. I'm waiting on you. Believe me. I am patiently waiting. But if you think you 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I got to miss that, but I will go back to the show tonight because that's what I do. I'll, I'll, I'll play the show back to hear this person, and hopefully he has the gall to call back again. Thank you, James. <laughs> you got that right. You know, it'll be, it, it, it would be so good to let him know that those kind of statements don't anger us enough uh, to, to, to meet uh, his force with force. You know, I'm not going to belittle myself to be calling anybody, any white person, any name, or calling them some dastardly name, because I know the majority of them are not that way. It's just those idiots uh, who are so uneducated to be able to carry on a conversation that it would come on and do what he did. Uh, George, let me come to you and just say, you know, we're at a time where Again, I use that term, you know, uh, a person living in a glass house shouldn't throw rocks. This man does not believe he's going to be arrested or indicted uh, the way he's carrying on about still making enemies. You know, you would think that he has nothing to be afraid of when all these men around him are, are you know, pleading guilty. Well, I think what he's trying to do is just to show faith all the way down to the end. He thinks he's such a slick lily and that he cannot play the system. Like right now, they already said that they already know about his taxes, you see. They know so much on him, they're just getting to put everybody around him, put the squeeze. So once they all start squealing, it's just like dominoes. It's just a matter of time that he's going to fall like a domino. But uh, it's just really... Uh, maybe he just, well, he, he got too much pride to resign, that's for sure. So, uh, actually, uh, he's trying to get everybody around him to, to say that everything is false, fake, but that's not going to work because what's going to happen is that the people that they're putting the squeeze on now, and they're going to the son-in-law next, uh, he's going to be the next person. I'm just surprised that I'm waiting on to see what they're going to do about his, his uh, security because uh, today was the day for them to make the decision because he's not clear. So um, it's going to be very interesting, his son-in-law as well as his daughter. Neither one of them have the the clearance that they need. So that lets you know something right there that in order for them not to get the type of clearance that they need, and it's it's going on almost a year, something is seriously, uh, it's over a year really, something is seriously, seriously wrong. So it's just a wait and see. Now, do you really think he's going to come out and say he's guilty? He, 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 you heard what he said on the bus, and he's saying that that wasn't even his voice in the end. He would get you to believe anything that comes out of his mouth. I don't think half of the time he would believe actually what he's saying. He just talked just to be talking. But he's like a madman on the loose. He's out of control, but this is who we chose. Well, I didn't choose them, but this is who the majority of American people, and that tells you something about the, the, the mindset at the time of how Americans perceive and what their feelings are. You know, they spoke a lot through the way that they voted. That should tell you a lot about the people that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. You really don't know who you're looking at, really, for sure. Thank you. And, Cheryl, you know, it's just amazing to me. We always say where there's smoke, there's fire. And these, just like uh, George said, people are falling around him like dominoes, and stuff is coming out about him. And uh, do you honestly believe that a lawyer, no matter how good or close a friend he is, would pay somebody else $130,000 
to keep their mouth closed about somebody else's friend. I don't have a friend that I would pay anybody that kind of money to to keep their mouth closed about something I didn't participate in. So, I mean, you know, they just believe America supposed to fall for anything that they say. You know, again, I mean, just like you said, they do. They do. And a lot of them is not even thinking to go along with a lot of the things that's going on. You know, um, Joyce is so right about, you know, the things that she's saying. And we got to begin to, and I say, to not to consume ourselves with a lot of this, um, you know, that's going on. And when I say that, I don't mean that we should not be concerned. We should definitely be concerned. But we should be working even harder on what we can do on the levels that we can. Because as we see, this is a this is a circus that's going on. And everything is ruled by money. It is. So, I mean, I don't know. No, and I, I don't think that nobody would keep their mouth um I mean, paying somebody this amount of money, you know, that's ridiculous. But that's what everything is driven by. And do the people believe? Yes, the majority of the people believe. That's why we can't continue to focus on a lot of the things that are said. Uh, Dee, let me ask you, uh, do you have a friend that would put $130,000 and pay it for you and and so a rumor about you would uh, not come to the light. No, James, and I think uh, what what blew this thing out, out of proportion or what blew it out of the water was uh, the, the the attorney that put up the money was not reimbursed. That's that's where the problem came in at. He was not reimbursed, and uh, and so that's where that's when things started to leak out and stuff like that. Um. You know, uh, but getting back to something else that we that we were talking about, um, you know, when people want to come to you and say that that our show is all about color, it has nothing to do with color, not at all. Uh, the the problem that we have is that when there's smoke and there's a fire, they want us to think that there there is no smoke, that is steam. And like we not we we are not smart enough to know or how to discern for ourselves. See, we don't have to be told anything. We don't have to we don't have to be led by the nose in order to, in order to, to think what it is what that's really going on. And so, uh, yeah, and I, I'm I'm quite convinced that they think that we're not supposed not supposed to be intelligent enough to have a radio show of our own to talk about these issues. I'm convinced of that. Like, I dare you have your own show and talk about these issues. You're not supposed to be able to do that. That's the problem, Mr. James. And so um, and so that's just a little bit of enlightenment that I'm throwing out there from my experience because I know that they think that you're not supposed to know anything. So, um, but it has nothing to do with race. Thank you. Well, one of the things that has to do with D and as we talk about it is, is that there are – there is, you know, there is a lot of naivety in all kinds of different people, and it is just blows me away that something that is right there in your face 
see, I think so many of these people are blinded by hatred because you can't, you cannot have a clear vision and not see who Donald Trump is. So, Joyce, it's just amazing to me. You cannot come to me and talk to me and not clearly see the difference between the quality and class of a Barack Obama and the ridiculous leadership we have in Donald Trump. You know, if you could compare Donald Trump and say Donald Trump is a better man than Barack Obama, then it clearly means to me that your vision is skewed by hate. Well, that's exactly what it is. It can't be nothing other than that. It just it just that someone hates the color of your skin, not so much that they hate Obama himself. They hate him because of the color of his skin, because of who he represents. And that's the bad part. Now, no one has said anything about uh, his wife, President Trump's wife, parents, are in this United States of America illegal. You remember when Obama relatives, I think it was his sister, somebody was here in the United States, they wanted to deport and the killing part about all of this is is just it's a kicker is because here he is talking about building the wall. You building the wall but then it's certain people that you want to come into the United States but you're not addressing the ones some of the ones that's in in that you are related to that is here in the United States illegal. No one will ever say anything about that. And if you notice that, uh, and someone pinpointed that the other day, that they don't deal with a lot of the the uh, illegals coming from out of uh, the, over in the Miami area, uh, you know, Florida area. It's always towards the the border of California, Arizona, where you get the Mexicans. So he he has a problem with dark skin color. Period. This guy is off the chain. And uh, so many other people think the way that they do, but he has the, the most common person thinking that the, these people are taking their jobs. And this is why they're so angry. But they they don't want to take the time to listen to a good news station, but they tuning into Fox and getting brainwashed. You're getting it 24 hours a day, plus you're getting these tweaks, crazy tweaks from your president of the United States. And most of the people trying to, these people, that the, the slump people, they, they're looking at him as a leader the way that we looked at our, the average thinking people looked at all the other presidents with the total respect. Now, believe me, you know how many Republican presidents there has been there. But there's no way that no one ever crucified them the way that they have done uh, Barack Obama. And they let this guy get away with it. They let they did him so badly when he was in office, and now they have someone that they've fallen behind. What is that saying about these who they are as a human being? Who have we chosen? So that's why our young people are in full force. These old guys, they gotta go. And this one gentleman the other day, he said it, and I I, I just I still think about that. Old people start wars, and young people fight them. Something is wrong with that picture. Something is definitely wrong. Thank you. All right, we're going to go uh, to break and come back and let everyone have their final word.
Uh, Joyce, what is your final thought for this evening? Well, my final thought, uh, James, is heads up because it lets you know about that one stupid phone call lets you know that a lot of people listening, people be listening when you don't think that they are. So hopefully our message is getting out and it's a positive, more positive than a negative. Thank you. And have a nice weekend, everybody. See you tomorrow. Yeah, you're so right. We can't we can't not expect uh, to be getting more and more people calling into the show without getting some nut jobs calling in as well. And we're going to continue to do what we have been doing all along. It's having intelligent conversations and seeking solutions uh, to to the issues. And we got to recognize there are a lot of things that we need to talk about. And we've got to make sure that we're not just part of the problem, but we're part of the solution. And that everybody uh, gets questions, whether they're black, white, or Asian, or Hispanic, we're going to question what it is that they're actually trying to say or do related to where the direction our country is going in. And we have to be ready and prepared for what it, it takes. Uh D, what is your final thought this evening? Well, James, uh, I want to also uh, echo what Ms. Ms. Joyce just said. Um, you know, uh, but a heads up again, uh, it is the tactic that seems to be prevalent uh, in America today is to try to discourage your opinion about anything. Uh, that's the tactic. We try to discourage you. And to try to make you think that what you you're saying is absolutely wrong, and if you have anything to say, then you then you're on American. That's the tactic. So keep going, keep going forward, and do what you do. And I really appreciate the show. Thank you. Um, Cheryl, your final thought for this evening. I'm going to have to go along with the majority of what's being you know what's being said. Um, and again, like I say, you know, and I always say, whatever we are doing, we can always do more to help the situation. And just like he said, let's be about the solution and not about the problem. All right. Uh, Andre, uh, what would you like to say this evening? I know you're a little late calling in. Uh, we've been talking about the the attitude of calling this police officer, this resource officer, a coward, not recognizing that this man, uh, people become resource officers for a lot of different reasons. And uh, we we have to be kind of cautious about what our expectations are related to these resource officers that are in our in our schools across the country. And we also talked about the craziness of our president wanting to give teachers guns. Uh, so, uh, you know, what what are your thoughts or your final thoughts this evening as we we uh, end the show? Well, found, uh, fantastic Friday to everyone, and thank you for the summary, James. And uh, I just heard a little bit of what Joyce was saying, and then uh, D and Miss Cheryl. Um, I would just say what better time than the month of February as we recognize and reflect truly on our American heritage, black American heritage, of uh, being proud of from, where, from whence we've come. 
And uh, we surely are intelligent. We have the ability to speak out and be heard. And don't be distracted by people trying to uh, make you feel inferior. We are uh, from a royal priesthood. We are destined for greatness. And let's make sure that we do take action and um, and let our voices be heard because we have a powerful word to say. Thank you. All right. Take care. Again, everybody, I want to just thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for your continued support. Uh, it is our show will only become what it needs to become based on everyone's need to interact and to have their voices heard, we want to make sure that people realize that we're not longer going along with the status quo. Uh, You know, so many of our elected officials and uh, uh, news commentators love to say, this is what America thinks. And unless America is willing to let their voices be heard, we're not going to get the true essence of what Americans think unless we're the ones to say it. So I thank you all so, so much for your continued support, and I look forward to you all uh, being with me tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection as we try to deal with the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow.